Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. In this episode, we are discussing why tapping puts you in the driver's seat of your life. I love that. Like, who doesn't want to be in the driver's seat of their own life? <laughs> yes, exactly. I like that image a lot. I always want to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I just want to say before we jump into it, tapping is one of those things that I've heard about for years. And then I just kind of started doing it with, you know, under your guidance and tutelage. But as we uh, started creating it and bringing it into our book and developing our free series, which we'll link to um, in here, we have a free tapping series, which is just beautiful. I started to think and ask Lee, what's the history of this? Like, let's kind of dive into where it originated and how it became the phenomenon, I think, that it's like a silent phenomenon, right? Like once you hear about it, you hear about it everywhere. Right. I have somebody that introduces you to it. So that's kind of, we're going to be exploring today the questions that, you know, that we've had about tapping. Mm -hmm. And even though I've been tapping for years, I don't know every, I'm not not like the the big overall historian of tapping. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about the history and how it came into being. And so, yeah, this is now going to be a two-part series because in this episode, we are going to do kind of deep dive on what it is, how does it work, the history, all that stuff. And then next podcast will be about um, a book on tapping because we want to kind of do do a, an analysis or review, just read it, see what we think. If you're on YouTube, you can see Mimi holding up the book, The Tapping Solution by Nick Ortner. So if you want to follow along, you know, get the book on Audible or wherever, and we'll be talking about that next time. Yeah. So let's dive in late. What is tapping? Okay. So it's funny because I know what it, because I've been doing it for years, I do know what it is, but I was really interested in kind of the history to, to kind of help understand more about what it is. So tapping was first known as something called EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it was designed as an alternative treatment technique um, and has been proven to resolve issues like stress, anxiety, phobias, emotional disorders, chronic pain. I've used it for headaches personally. Uh, weight control, limiting beliefs, etc. So it has a wide variety of usages, which is fascinating. And this is comes from a um, the man who developed first developed this, and I'll talk about that in a sec. You know, it's coming out of academia, and then these studies we're, we're going to be mentioning are real, medical, verifiable, repeatable studies. <laughs> so that that really makes me like it even more because I've tried it. I know it works, but anyway. For people who don't know what tapping is, it consists of tapping with your fingers on specific meridian points on your body. And by doing this, it balances the nervous system, most importantly, and restores the body's balance and energy. So the ultimate, and here's another thing I found out. Let me just say, before you jump into that, that whole idea of tapping with your fingers all over your body was enough to make me think. I don't know about this. <laughs> like, I think you have to, before you even start 
dipping into what tapping is, you have to, to say to yourself, I'm going to be willing to give this a try, even though it's going to feel super awkward. I mean, just what Lee says, it tapping consists of tapping with your fingers <laughs> on specific burning points all over your body. I was like, mm, okay. So it's like, you have to really open your mind that this is something new and different I've never done before. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad you bring that up. Cause in the beginning, I'm always intrigued by alternative therapies. I'm curious. It doesn't mean I buy into all of them or try all of them. Um, so, cause some things sound far out. It's like, how could that possibly help what I need help with? And, um, I think part of tapping was, I was open to it because, I have been treated with acupuncture for migraines back. I don't have migraines anymore because I think it was hormonal, but, um, you know, I had chronic migraines for a while. They would come and go, but then when they came, it might be like a year of migraines, you know, not every single day all the time, but it would be like a lot of migraines. And so acupuncture, which is more invasive and uses needles, um, really helped me with pain management and even I think healed it for a long time. So, you know, you can kind of trace the concept of this in, in the meridians, the known energy pathways um, back to chi- ancient Chinese medicine. <laughs> so it has, you know, a long history. And I think for people who are like, I don't know about this, understanding that it's based on some really solid science, uh, uh, thousands of years of Eastern medicine. So it's, I think for the skeptics among us, you know, that's helpful to know. Cause I, I actually, you wouldn't know it sometimes by the way I talk, but I actually am a skeptic. I look at things with a critical lens, like, does this work, you know, really? And how, how effective is it? It's just a little effective, a lot effective. I definitely always look at things through the lens of analyzing it. Like, do I really think this is based on something sound? Yeah. I think that's why Lee is always like, and there's scientific studies for these. And she goes and reads them. I got to pull them up and I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like where, where's the, easier to understand language tucked within this, um, within these scientific studies, but we do have a lot of them linked below and it is kind of fascinating. Some of the things that you can pull out of them. And for people who don't like reading through scientific studies, usually they have kind of an abstract on the front page and then kind of their own conclusion drawing. And so that's summarized at the beginning of a study. <clears throat> so you don't need to read the whole thing because a lot of it's very boring and dense and dry, but you can see kind of their resolution. Uh, you know, sometimes it's inconclusive, but you know, whatever. That's that's the one tip for how to read those things. <laughs> um, so back to these tapping on meridians. So you're using your fingertips on specific meridian points on your body. The ones we use to tend to be around the head and the upper chest and under the arm. Um, And it balances the nervous system and restores the body's balance and energy. Again, lots of studies. Um, So we said you can kind of track back to ancient um, Chinese medicine by, you know, using these meridian points or acupressure points. Um, but in in the US, and w- here's what I found when I started researching this, that different people take credit 
for developing it. So you're going to find that yourself when you Google it, if you feel like Googling it like I do. Um, there are going to be different stories about how it started. But the one that I was most compelled by, because the people who mentioned this, I know are experts on the topic and been really digging into it themselves. So EFT, which is the other name for tapping, was founded by a man named Dr. Roger Callahan in 1979. So he applied something called applied kinesiology, kinesiology, kinesiology. thank you, <laughs> and studied the meridian system of acupuncture, I'm not, I'm tumbling over my words today, in search of solutions to some of the problems that his patients uh, were having, and particularly problems with anxiety and phobias. So then everything that grew out of that, what he was doing, kind of slowly became tapping by the 90s. Yeah. One, I think this is so fascinating and so typical of Western medicine, mm -hmm. right? This idea that all of these more modern scientists are taking credit for founding something that's been around for, <laughs> right. for so long. But they're, I think it's yeah. probably what they're taking credit for is we're taking these concepts that other cultures have been using for centuries, maybe even, um, and putting them in a, a language and a system that is more accessible to today's, you know, consumer or user or practitioner of it, and then putting the scientific data behind it. So these are the people that I'm guessing are the, you know, the originators of, let's put some science behind this. And let's apply it to some very specific things. Like he said, he was using it with his patients that were dealing with anxieties and phobias. So I think like that's like this idea of how it's founded and there's all these new people that are founding it is because what they're doing it is putting it in a language in, in a way that we can understand it and study it. Mm -hmm. That's my thought and, about it. And just another thing that can happen, I'm not sure that's what happen in this case. But another thing that can happen is sort of the hundred monkey effect, which is when a lot of people are trying to solve the same problems around the world. I don't know if this, I may not be paralleling hundred monkey effect enough, but uh, with my <laughs> talk here, so forgive me if it doesn't quite shake out, but people can be discovering things in different parts of the planet at the same time, never knowing about the other person discovering it. It's just a part of pro progress and advancement and medicine and sciences. So sometimes it is murky, like who did discover this? Sometimes it's several people during the same year or a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. And I'm from North Carolina. So I will always believe that Orville, Orville and Wilbur Wright invented flight. Although there, I know there's lots of places around yes. the world that are yeah. like, well, we were first, we were first. So yeah, that's they're the first thing. ones to get it out and us North Carolinians cling to that. So, yeah, exactly. So the other thing to know about tapping is aside from tap, literally tapping with your fingers on specific meridian points in your body, using language while you do it is the most effective way to do it. And the language is ideally to do with the problem you're trying to solve or the relief you're trying to get. So if you can speak 
to the issue you're having as you tap. And then there's kind of a progress or an arc to how you speak about it. You know, it's like a story has a beginning, middle and end. So would perhaps your tapping session, you know, and so you can kind of, I won't go too far into how you do it, but what you say, how you say it does matter just to a degree. Yeah. Cause you're trying to move from the negative to the positive, like the, the mm -hmm. point or the benefit of tapping is to shift from a negative to a positive so that somebody that has anxiety and phobias are tapping away from those phobias to something more positive. Yes. So that language is. takes them on that arc, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just keep t keeps your mind focused. And then you know, you hear these words on a certain level and they become power. Words are powerful. I mean, sometimes we have to back up and understand how powerful words are. Um, so they do make a difference. And um, so when we teach tapping, we're tapping and following kind of a script of stuff yeah. to say. Okay. So you've mentioned meridian points a few times. Yeah. Right. What the <laughs> heck? Yeah, what are they? What is a meridian? What 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 are meridian points? And are they the same on everybody? Does every person have the same meridian points? Yes to that question. Everybody has the same meridians. And um, you know, again in doing research, there are nine meridian points, but you know, there could be more, uh, but there are nine that we use. And but I've seen it around in different places, you know, with people who've been tapping a long time and teaching it that, you know, they say nine meridian points and we use, I think, nine. Um, so if you think of your, you know, I love a good metaphor or analogy. So I was trying to think of something to compare this to so you could kind of envision it or understand what we're talking about. Um, so if you think of your body's energy as a large subway system with tunnels and trains moving around, you know, energies moving around with those trains, um, there are certain, if, if you've ever been like in the New York subway system, you go through these intersection points or switch points where you might switch tracks and you can see that other tunnels are all coming to this one point. And so you're energy system in your body is much like that. It has little highways or tunnels. And then there's certain intersection points, which are more like the meridians. So put simply, meridian points are like the intersections and switch points where the energy can sometimes slow down or get congested instead of freely circulating through your body. And again, we mentioned nine. Um, I, I love then, that metaphor. I haven't I haven't thought about it in that exact same way before, but this idea of a subway and you can, it just immediately makes me think of Lee and I were roommates in Boston, which also has a subway system of when you're on the wrong train. Oh yeah. And the yeah. energy of being on the wrong train and how do you have to get back, get back on the right track to get to where you're going. I, I love that analogy of the subway. Right. Right. So when we talk about like issues you're facing, often any problematic issues you're facing have some negative emotions associated with whatever that is. And when you have these negative emotions, somehow it disrupts your body's energy flow. I, I don't know enough to explain how, but that's what I found in reading about this, that um, negative emotions, again, 
are felt through the disruption of the body's energy. I think it's kind of a chicken and egg thing sometimes. Um, and if you can restore balance to your body's energy system, then you can begin to heal the negative emotions and physical symptoms that stem from the energy disruption. So it's a restorative, it's restor restoring your system into balance and also using the power of thoughts and switching and shifting your perspective to new thoughts that really change is a game changer when you do all that together. Yeah, I think that that helps explain why the um, actual physical tapping on these points mm -hmm. and the language are so powerful together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, the, it's like what creates that gut punch feeling you can have when you have a negative emotion? You know, is it driven from the thought? Mm -hmm. You know, where does that start? So to work on both of those simultaneously, I think I think you're right. I think it's the combination of that language and the tapping. Although I know that just tapping can, just doing the physical part can help. Absolutely. That's why you don't always you don't always need a script if you're just feeling anxious or feeling like you want to use this tool, you don't need to speak out loud because sometimes sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to do is to know yeah. what to say. Yeah. yeah. I know that's what trips me up is, am I going to say anything in the wrong order? I didn't want to be tapping the negative in when I'm trying to switch it to a positive. I was like, oh, I've tapped on negative too long and I can get caught up in what the language is. But tapping on the points without language is helpful, but the combination just makes it that much more powerful, right? Yeah, especially if it's a mental, emotional thing. So much of that is already taking place in your head and your head is your language center. So if your worry and your anxiety is starting in your mind, which it almost always is, if not always, mm -hmm. um, your, your mind, your brain is where the language is too. So you're using a, a brain tool to help the brain out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting how quickly tapping can, can create results, right? Yeah. It's always shocked me. It's always shocked yeah. me how quick res certain results can be. I would say it depends on the subject matter of your tapping. If you're trying to undo decades of trauma, yes, you could get a little momentary relief. Is it going to cure it? No, you got to keep tapping and eventually, eventually, eventually it can start to help you release that, you know, decades of trauma. But if like, let's just say you have a tension headache or maybe your stomach is a little tight in knots or you have indigestion or something, something a little bit smaller, tapping can be almost immediately effective on things like that. Because mm -hmm. I think it's immediately grounding. So it's like one of those tools that can have long-term benefit, but also it can, you know, just like a breathing exercise just ground you in that moment to help release the stress or anxiety. You know, it's like yeah, if you're yeah. nervous about going in for an interview or something like that, if you can kind of tap, it's like settling. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's like a breathing exercise. It, it grounds you by, by putting you in your body. And so when you're literally tapping on your body, it's hard <laughs> to be way too up high in your head because you have to focus on your body. So it is very grounding, like you said. I definitely yeah. feel that way. Yeah. yeah. 
I know like when I was first like starting to learn about tapping and adopt tapping, I thought it had to be like a big issue that I was trying to resolve, you know, like a, oh, this happened to me when I was like eight and now I'm trying to get out of it. And yeah. stuff that, you know, what I have found was it can help with some of that. Um, but it also was like just in that moment. So relieving. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. We like instant things in our culture. We expect every, everything to happen yesterday. And if not yesterday, at least in, in that moment. And so tapping is good for people who want quick results because it will give you some degree to, again, depending on what the subject matter is, some degree of relief right away. And, you know, I think one of my biggest successes with tapping is more of a long-term goal. And it wasn't even that long, (laughs) but it was more over a series of six to eight weeks that I tapped consistently. And, um, I was tapping around money because this shortly after my divorce, when money was still, you know, like hard. And so I was tapping really around money stuff. And within six to eight weeks, it was, so that's not really that long. It's not like it happened in 15 minutes, but six to eight weeks in the grand scheme of life, it's not that long. Um, And I was very consistent with it, very focused on, you know, trying to get out of poverty mentality and um, really trying to uh, reframe my thoughts around money. And with six to eight weeks, someone called out of the blue, unsolicited, (laughs) wasn't even looking for a job, but someone got in touch with me and they were like, hey, there's this job open at a really great place that and they want to give you a lot of money. (laughs) You know, are you interested? And that is my income jumped a dramatic amount. And that just came out of the blue after six to eight weeks of tapping around money. I do not I think that story. you could say it was a coincidence, but I don't think so. Yeah. And because you were shifting the energy in your body, you were shifting your thoughts around what's possible. You were, you know, it's almost like that calling in the abundance that you needed in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and consistency of doing it all, you know, I think really strengthened it. Right. I think if you have a long, kind of a tougher feeling, long-term goal and long-term could just mean a few months or a year. It doesn't have to be like, you know, 20 years from now. Um, so it's still amazing how quickly that happened, Mimi. I mean, I, yeah. I was blown away and I knew exactly why, you know, it happened too. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. if it's, so what, what I was going to say was if it's a bigger goal, I would say tap more consistently, like really dive into it. If you're, if you have a big ask, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Work on it. yeah, it's kind of like affirmations. You can't just say it once, mm. you know, trying to shift the thought or a belief. Yeah. Like it takes, it takes a little bit of consistency. I like it. Um, I think one of the things that I was kind of curious about when we started looking at tapping is, is this a female thing? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I feel like so much of the, the work that we do and because we work with women, we are often like studying women and the effects of women and diving into how can this benefit women specifically. So this tapping thing, because so many of the um, more prominent people that talk about tapping are men. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I wonder if, if men also do it too. So I was like trying to do research on it and I really couldn't find anything that necessarily called out 
you know, for women, for men, I think it's pretty universal. Mm-hmm. And I also was like, are there certain countries that use it more, certain cultures that use it more, but it, it is really universal, like the number of people using it and where they use it. I found that very anything country specific that, you know, a region or I couldn't find it, you know, yeah. um, nothing that was like, no, yeah. you know, I, I just couldn't find anything that was like calling it out, like lots of stuff though. You'll see like, there's more centers, you know, like if you do like yoga or spiritual stuff, you know, that like India and certain Eastern countries really have developed a, um, not a following for it, but an ecosystem that promotes that, but tapping really just to be, to be everywhere. And for both sexes, and they even are, you know, ch- have children now working with tapping. And I think maybe it's more accessible to men. I know the military has done a lot of work with tapping and using it for PTSD. Cool. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. I was going to change topic. So. Oh, well, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, 1979, not that long ago. So no. I was tapping and it didn't wildly catch on and it wasn't even called tapping it in that day and age it was like another decade later plus where it really became this you know emotional freedom technique and tapping and started to get picked up by some portion of the culture a small portion so i think it's still in its infancy in terms of usage yeah probably probably yeah. it was good i did find one study that i thought was really fascinating it was done by the national library of medicine and they looked at 5,000 patients and they were really comparing um, tapping and EFT to cognitive behavior theory, um, which is a beautiful uh, treatment. And I know it does a lot of good. So I was just like, oh, I wonder how these stack up because I know that so much research has been done into CBT and what's that, you know, what's happening there. And the beauty of EFT and tapping is that it's a medication free and that people can kind of do it on their own and handle it. And often CBT, you know, you're doing it with a counselor or a therapist and there's often medications involved. So like, how do these two, you know, stack up against each other? And so in this 5,000 person study, they found an improvement in 90% of the people who just received the tapping therapy, as opposed to 63% of the traditional CBT participants. That blows my mind. (laughs) It's crazy, right? And then often with the tapping and after only three sessions, now it didn't talk a lot about, you know, what their needs were and what they were trying to uncover, or I didn't dive into the study. I'll link the study below if you want to see what more of it is. But with the um, tapping, only three tapping sessions were needed before the individual's anxiety was reduced. Whereas like with um, cognitive behavioral theory, they often needed 15 sessions or more. And so I thought it was like, I just found that really fascinating and that the long-term benefits of tapping, like for the, um, the participants that had only the tapping regimen, one year later, 78% of them were still seeing a high level of improvement. Whereas with the the behavior theory, it was only 69%. So, I mean, that's not a huge percentage difference, but again, the tapping people, it's something that they maybe because it was so accessible, they could do it all the time. They weren't relying on medications and having to go see somebody and talk about it, which can have its own 
you know, sort of levels of strength, strength and anxiety. So I just thought that was a really interesting comparison to what was really a traditional Western approach versus mm-hmm. this more um, sort of spiritual and, you know, non-traditional approach that's kind of gaining speed. Yeah, that um, both statistics and percentages blow my mind, actually. Um, yeah, 76% per- of people tapping had relief. And then the year later blows my mind even more because what medication does that? You take it and you stop taking it or I don't yeah. know who has that kind of result. That's really amazing. Amazing. It yeah. speaks both to the power of CBT and yeah. and tapping and what if you did them together oh my goodness yeah that would be good and I just want to put a disclaimer in here that tapping is not a substitute for seeking a mental health professional like if you are really struggling and what you need is professional help then seek professional help you know I think like Lee was saying this could be a great addition to any therapies that you you know, are already experiencing, but if you're dealing with real traumatic memories or struggling to manage your daily tasks because of, um, trauma that you're facing, then definitely seek help from a qualified healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're big proponents just, you know, for people who don't know us well, you know, I believe in therapy. I believe in taking pharmaceuticals if you need them. Absolutely. You know, I'm yeah. a big supporter of that. Yeah. I've seen people who maybe wouldn't even be alive if they didn't have those things. So, uh, but I think if they to use together, how powerful is that? Yeah. And um, I mean, what tapping is going to do, like the main things that, that um, tapping is credited with helping is anxiety and depression. Again, it would depend on the level of anxiety and depression that you have. They're using it a lot for PTSD. The military um, is really, I think, leaning into that a lot. Stress management. So mm-hmm. when you're feeling stressed, this is good. But for Lee and I, particularly what we have been um, talking about and tapping on and trying to include in all of our work is that weight loss and how you think about your body and deal with your body and the benefits of body are really benefited with tapping. Mm-hmm. In almost every um, article or research that we did, they always link weight loss has one of the benefits of tapping. Yeah, it's so wild, and because I don't, I don't know how how many people have actually heard of that. We know we we know almost every woman I know, almost not all, are, are focused on their weight, and I've never heard someone say, "I'm using tapping to help me hit my." weight goal. You know, I've never heard. So it's really cool that it can yeah. be used that way. And it, it impacts so many other systems in your body and issues that you're having. It's like a domino effect. Cause if weight, if I'm sorry, if tapping reduces cortisol and de-stresses you, and a lot of people are emotional eaters, right? Uh, we eat for comfort. Um, or if you're having lack of sleep issues and tapping helps that sleep has been shown to improve um, ma- managing your weight. If that's something you're focused on and we don't think you have to be focused on that. <laughs> I always want to say that, but you know, a lot of women, you know, sadly are very, very, very focused on weight loss and their weight. So if you can fix the stress, the sleep, 
and the decision-making skills of a person, it kind of makes sense that um, what could follow is weight loss. Yeah, I mean, and we've been talking about how tapping benefits just the um, the mind and the body. So it's like that combination, right? That's so good. Uh, and even it's like, it's a great way to, to reduce cravings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we, that like when you said decision-making that just really um, just click something in my brain, because when you're stressed, when I'm stressed, let me say decision-making is out the window, right? Like all I want to do is self-soothe in that moment. And, um, take care of me and get out of stress. And what's, what can I do to get out of stress? Uh, which often led me to the kitchen, to eating, to bad habits, you know, to doing um, not necessarily the things like they were like immediate, like how can I buffer out of the stress instead of doing something that's really going to help me address what's causing um, that the feelings of anxiety and unease like, look, I just want to buffer them. I want to cover them up. I want to make them go away. So, you know, like I've toyed with tapping, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, in the moment here, I need some tapping. I'm going to do some tapping. I'll pull it out of my toolkit and let it be um, something that I use. But kind of once I finished it for that job, I put it back in the toolkit. Like, okay, that's good. Great. If I need you again, I'll call on you. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't stick with it, Lee. Like, you know, it's just, I think it's human nature. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel good now. There's no incentive to keep doing it. And I think with tapping, it's okay. It's okay if you take a break. When yeah. you realize, oh, wait, I have this great tool I can use. It's just right there. It's free. You know, it's easy to do uh, almost anywhere at any time. And I think it's human nature. Ideally, would we be doing all these awesome habit things every day. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's nice to know you can pull it out when you need it. And yeah. it's okay. If you stop, you're not going to go backward in time and suddenly be a mess. You, you have moved forward because that that's the step that you pointed to where a year later, a year later, they were yeah. still doing really well. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've been using it more recently, like to deal with cravings at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, um, oh, it's time to get to bed. I'm like stalling. I gotta go wash my face, do all that stuff, get my nighttime routine before I go to bed. So then my mind would like, when am I stalling? Like I, I have like, um, I struggle with a good, healthy night's sleep. So I automatically start getting anxious at bedtime. Like, oh, I hope it's going to be a good night's sleep. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, cravings would hit it. So I would notice this pattern happen for a few days and then I'd be like, oh, why don't I get into tapping? So I've been using tapping to kind of help ease those cravings. So here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to try not to do is when that passes and I've kind of broken that cycle of feeling like I have to snack before I go to sleep, that I will keep tapping. Like I don't have to wait until that <laughs> anxiety and stress and nighttime snacking comes back on to yeah. start tapping again what if I'm just like part of my nighttime routine? One, it would also, it's also helps a lot with sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I was getting a double whammy benefit, but typically in the past, I'd be like, okay, I've done it for a couple of weeks. I feel like I'm solid now back into the toolkit. So now I'm like really committed to just making this a part of something that I did. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a habit to develop. And I do, I do think the more you do it and you don't have to do like, when we teach it, we tell you like, you can just do this, which is much shorter. You can do this longer version. You can still make it impactful if it's a short session. I love the idea of doing it five five minutes. It's yeah. like so fast. It's so fast and very impactful in a very short. It is m- much like breathing. When you breathe, you have this instant shift. And um, yeah, it is a lot like that. I mean, my story, I, t- I told you guys, I increased my income by a, fa- a factor of 15. <laughs> so, and I, I attribute it to tapping because it was totally, I wasn't even looking, I wasn't looking for that. And it just came in during that time frame. still blows my mind. I know. So then now Lee, don't you think, why don't I just keep tapping on money? Why? Why? <laughs> Actually I am like, I pulled it back out and yeah. um, because it helps all things. It's not just working It's working on your internal energy pathways, which are impacting a bunch of things in your life. So I may be focused on one thing or another, but it's going to help everything. Yeah. 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 This, and this is really why um, Lee and I have started incorporating more tapping into all of our programs, mm-hmm. you know, because it really does cover a broad swath of benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't think of something you can't use it for <laughs> because yeah. it just when you calm yourself down, you just are more capable of doing so many things. You feel better. Um, you know, those cortisol levels, you know, there's more and more research on the dangers of high cortisol levels. And it is a nice goal to try to reduce that because when when you're under stress, you are not doing things as well as you would do them if you were calm. And so many, I think it's a part of our culture that tells us that being keyed up and a little bit fearful and a little bit anxious is actually good. And there may be some truth, like if you're being chased by a lion, you don't want to stop and start tapping while the lion runs at you. You know, you, you need that stress. You need that adrenaline flowing and so that you can run and protect yourself. There may be certain situations because we are designed to go into kind of a anxious mode, but it's only appropriate at certain times. It's, it shouldn't be a lifestyle of that. And I think our culture encourages us to stay keyed up a lot. Yeah. It's like, get it done, get it done, get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, more, 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 how much can you accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like keep that churning energy. Well, what I love about tapping, I just had that thought in my head is it both is calming and that it settles your nervous system and it grounds you and it kind of energizes you, but it's in the, that, that good energizing light. Like I'm excited about what's possible for me. You know, I'm seeing successes. I'm in a more, um, like easier to get into that kind of flow, good energy. Like mm-hmm. it's really cool how it can do both things. That bringing up flow is beautiful. That is such a nice um, concept to pair with this because most people are aware of what flow is, but it's a state you can get into where you are your most productive and oddly your calmest and most satisfied. And if in the study of flow, it has been shown that when this is another well-studied phenomenon, because they use it in sports all the time, when you're too anxious, you pivot out of flow and then you're 
arguably not at your most productive, feeling your best. So anxiety, you know, in quick bursts to get something quick done, maybe, but it just isn't a lifestyle and it doesn't make you your most effective and it can start to mess up your decision-making. Yeah. And especially like to bring it back to weight loss and why we are incorporating in our programs, it is to help with that decision-making piece, don't you think? Yes, because there's some limited number of decisions our brains can make in one day. I forget what the number is, but it's oh. shockingly low when you think of all the decisions we make in any given day. I think it's only it's like 200. Yes, yeah, somewhere around 200 or even under. And I wanted to say 177, but where did that number come from? I have no idea. So. But I think, yeah, let's just say 200 decisions, but think from morning all the way to the time you go to bed, how many decisions you're making, you're out of your decision-making, you're out of pocket, you know, after a certain time of the day. And then if you get those later evening hunger, and I always get, no matter how big my dinner was right before bed, I have a fear that I will starve. I have some (laughs) fear that I'll be hungry in the middle of the night and Who knows where I got that? I don't know where I got that. It's not like I've never been without food. So, but I actually get kind of panicky at the idea that I'm hungry before bed. It makes me feel, that makes me feel anxious. So I love the idea of tapping to try to shift that energy. You know, good morning, Lee. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Whew, that's a lot on tapping. It's a lot on tapping. I'm excited about what we're doing over this coming week, Mimi. We're both going to read Nick Ortner's book, The Tapping Solution. Me too. Me too. So join us, you know, tune in next week. And it's going to be kind of like a book club discussion between Lee and I. Um, Certainly shoot us questions if you've been reading it and you have thoughts about it. We'd love to hear what those are. But um, yeah. I think it'll be, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I, I've known about Nick Ortner and followed him. I don't know, for over a decade easily. Mm-hmm. And he's a lovely, lovely man. I think um, big heart and very articulate. And so I'm expecting the book will be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's big into tapping too. So I'm just really curious what, what I'm going to learn by reading this book. I might be doing it on audible, but um I'll listen yeah. to at least listen to it. Uh, it's about the tapping solution, a yeah. revel, a revolutionary system for stress-free living. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you want that? Do you have things in your life that you wish were different, but you don't know how to change? Mm-hmm. And he talks about tapping as this new technique to deal with seemingly impossible situations. So it'll be fascinating to read. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we're excited to join us for that. Um, book discussion and always write to us if you have questions or comments anything we love to hear from you so we tend to pick a song at the end of our um, episode that we think kind of captures and it's meant this is meant to be humorous it's not going to be like an exact match like we don't have a tapping song I'm sorry to say there's no <laughs> tapping song that we could pick um, but we, this one is a classic song by Bob Dylan it's one of his, I, when I was reading up on this, it's one of his most covered tunes. Um, a couple of 
famous people you might recognize who did a cover, Eric Clapton and Guns N' Roses. But there were there was a whole long list I just didn't feel like writing down. But yeah, one of his most covered tunes, Knocking on Heaven's Door. So I was just thinking not we were we were talking about the song for this and you know tap is like tap 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 and so the the line knock knock knocking on heaven's door came to me so the lyrics aren't necessarily like happy peppy but it's still a really classic good tune yeah so um we've added it to our spotify playlist mm-hmm. so we'll have the link to that below too so if you're a spotify yeah. listener go um listen in on our on our playlist yes yay so that see was you next week to talk yeah. about the book see you next week bye Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.